chapters five and six of the measure of a man a tale of the big woods by norman duncan this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter five pick and shovel presently informed of his first ministerial office and presented to the object of his consoling services john fairmeadow said all right boys and his parishioners returned to the saloons with a relieved whoop in which the concern of gingerbread jenkins vanished the parson you see was on the job and it was purely a parson's employment the mere mourners might indulge grief without any haunting sense of responsibility and at once began to do so with the eighteen hundred dollars john fairmeadow was precipitately abandoned there remained the gray blanket there remained denny the hump pale peter's sweeper there remained the quaint shy little figure in black now blushing and dry-eyed who presented her hand with a grand air of fashion and remarked that she was pleased to make john fairmeadow's acquaintance the gray blanket expressed no interest whatsoever in the affair but denny the hump volunteered to contrive a coffin of the shreds of packing-boxes which said he if unsightly to the finical eye would yet hold together until it should repose where no further disturbance would endanger it this generous assistance john fairmeadow promptly accepted promising to look in upon the job and complete it and reverently fulfil its purpose when he had finished with the pick and shovel the tote-wagon was then driven to pale peter's barn and there denny the hump began industriously to ply his hammer and saw in delight with his useful and conspicuous occupation presently john fairmeadow had obtained the implements required by this ministerial exigency now my dear said he resolutely to patty batch where shall we go patty batch stared horrified at the pick and shovel you know what i mean don't you fairmeadow asked there isn't no symmetry patty batch replied choose then said fairmeadow some pleasant place there's a place for graves patty volunteered with interest fairmeadow shouldered his pick and shovel the very spot said he there isn't many graves neither patty went on there's just a few fairmeadow reflected sadly that one would presently be added to the number just some girls patty sighed fairmeadow was not attending he heard but unused to the ways of swamp's end did not comprehend he was engaged in a tenderly sympathetic consideration of the odd little figure trotting beside him with awkwardly lifted skirt you know patty batch continued in the way of the wise to the wise it occurred to fairmeadow that the child was complaining of the graveyard no no patty cried fairmeadow wondered at her vehemence no no she repeated in a passion of determination i want pop buried there of course you do fairmeadow soothed her near me she whispered you mustn't think of that my dear fairmeadow urged you're so young to think of that i got to oh no not yet surely yes i have patty replied it's got to be thought of now that pop's dead i got to be a little man the graveyard lay in sunshine a little breeze playing softly with the long grass the whole freshly green and eager after the warm rains and brilliantly spread with flowers 
it was at the edge of the clearing the forest came close fairmeadow could peer into its dim tangled recesses and could hear the chirp and twitter and rustle of its busy little living things grey billy batch had been preceded in the eternal occupancy of this serene field there were four graves three were unkempt and unloved nameless forgotten fallen in overgrown but one small mound was newly trimmed and wreaths of fresh plucked wild blooms lay upon it smiling to the blue skies that's mag's little baby patty explained mag's fairmeadow absently asked yep patty replied it's been dead a awful long time fairmeadow wondered where gray billy batch might most comfortably lie mag loves it yet said patty and she says she always will fairmeadow struck his spade into the ground she says patty concluded that she just simply can't help it while fairmeadow labored and until the last spading of cool red earth was cast up patty batch squatted cross-legged in the grass and much pleased with her companion chattered amiably between periods of gentle weeping she seemed to cling to this companionship there was no one else you see and there would presently be no one at all and she was entertaining of course as well as one could be whose heart was breaking to enlist sympathy and to prolong the interval of relief from loneliness she would be alone soon enough alone in the cabin at the edge of the woods quite alone god knew though john fairmeadow was not aware of it and the little thing dabbing occasionally at her misty gray eyes with the sleeve of her mother's gown chattered away to chase off her grief and the besieging expectation of being alone mag's baby it seemed had come long ago to surprise her and mag it seemed lived in the shuttered red house at the foot of the slope and was patty batch's friend what would patty batch do now that her father was dead patty batch didn't know but patty batch knew what she could do you bet she hadn't made up her mind not yet she would think it over by and by after the funeral maybe she was not afraid oh my no and anyhow mag was her friend i know said she shrewdly her great gray eyes wide in innocent regard of john fairmeadow what i can do the grave was dug come child said fairmeadow oppressed there is no more to be done here i ain't a child she replied no said he absently she looked up shyly through her long lashes i'm almost nearly eighteen said she with satisfaction fairmeadow had not attended to the chatter of patty batch but fairmeadow is not to be blamed for this fairmeadow was not used to the ways of swamp's end not aware of the teaching of its accepted customs not afraid for its innocence not remotely acquainted with the deadly perils its way of living had created and clothed with an aspect of security and propriety not yet apprised by experience of the nets which avarice had spread for unknowing youth so fairmeadow is not harshly to be judged for his stupidity fairmeadow had been preoccupied in melancholy musing upon this death he had brooded sadly through all patty batch's chattering 
and he had but in no comprehending way considered the forsaken little chatterer whose words inconsequent to his ear had yet been great and solemn with the news he did not heed desolate little patty batch gray-eyed forsaken quaint little patty batch something must be done for the child it would be his first ministerial concern fairmeadow determined to inquire to consider to act in her behalf after the funeral perhaps or to-morrow to-morrow of course early to-morrow so that her desolation in this inimical world might be eased as soon as might be to-morrow to-morrow of course would do for fairmoto you see was new to swamp's end and was not at all aware as yet that instant action was necessary in some cases but he was to learn it there's jes one thing patty declared with emphasis when they came abreast of the first wretched shack of the town fairmeadow yielded the attention demanded will you promise maybe fairmeadow indulged her you got to fairmeadow nodded don't you have billy the beast for no pallbearer patty declared her little teeth savagely bared he bit pop's ear off good lord john fairmeadow ejaculated it was a fine town it was the worst town this side of hell all right it was just the lively little burg that john fairmeadow had been looking for chapter six sown in dishonour it was a distinguished success the funeral of grey billy batch swamp's end forever afterwards regarded it as having been worth eighteen hundred dollars and the thirty-two proprietors rubbed their white hands and heartily concurred there was some delay in the beginning swamp's end was taken unaware by john fairmeadow who bustled from saloon to saloon stuck his rosy face into each and shouted already boys after this pardonable and quickly resolved confusion however the affair sedately progressed from pale peter's curb with a thick get up there from plain tom hitch to the accustomed rites performed according to the forms in the grassy field behind the shuttered red house at the edge of the woods little patty batch had nothing left to desire in respect to it the hundred mourners from bottle river the cant hook and the yellowtail camps were abundantly content with their grave share in the proceeding and the eighteen hundred dollars were presently in a fair way of reposing in the cash boxes of the thirty-two proprietors it is true that the long procession going two and two behind the lumbering tote wagon and immediately preceded by the reverend john fairmeadow with a black-clad little woman on his arm was preternaturally solemn and indulgent of grief it is true that the self-same procession stumbled in rough places and was forever staggering true that it paused now and again in twos and threes to refresh its strength and mood true that after these lapses from the line it found new lines of gravity to wear other tears to shed but no larger certainty of poise perhaps in the polite world beyond the woods its practices upon this occasion may discover condemnation god knows but the world of swamp's end accustomed and untutored knew its own sincerity of sympathy with the black-clad little woman at the tail of the tote-wagon and continued in happy satisfaction with its funereal behaviour 
and there was a parson with an indubitably ministerial air and a veritable copy of the holy scriptures and there was a coffin exalted on the tote-wagon and upon the coffin were masses of wild flowers of wondrous fragrance and glory gathered by denny the hump it was all you see according to the traditions nothing whatever was omitted the lifted voice was heard the birds twittered the sky was blue the wind flowed over the pines and cloud-shadow and sunshine chased each other over the world and the long grasses waved and the flowers nodded their heads all uninterrupted by the passing tragedy unheeding of it as though it had no meaning and grief no substance just as they always do in springtime when the dead are laid away i am the resurrection and the life saith the lord he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out the lord gave and the lord hath taken away blessed be the name of the lord now is christ risen from the dead and become the first-fruits of them that slept for since by man came death by man came also the resurrection of the dead it is sown in corruption it is raised in incorruption it is sown in dishonour it is raised in glory it is sown in weakness it is raised in power it is sown a natural body it is raised a spiritual body man that is born of a woman hath but a short time to live and is full of misery he cometh up and is cut down like a flower he fleeth as it were a shadow and never continueth in one stay earth to earth ashes to ashes dust to dust i heard a voice from heaven saying unto me write from henceforth blessed are the dead who die in the lord even so saith the spirit for they rest from their labours dust to dust ashes to ashes and once more the scattered earth rattled its last message and decree it was all according to the forms you see nothing was omitted by john fairmeadow nothing was left to desire and swamp's end was correspondingly gratified and inspired as well to celebrate the departure of grey billy batch and the advent of its own and established parson for which event it had a lusty will a sound constitution and eighteen hundred dollars no sooner had the exhausted procession returned to more congenial surroundings than the eighteen hundred dollars began a clinking rush over the thirty-two bars patty batch went home alone to the shack which grey billy batch had knocked together to house his treasure but she did not turn her face towards the edge of the woods until she had watched the last man go to his companionable diversion she idled in the street she was lonely she clung even to the sight of these other folk it was coming now late in the afternoon the breeze had fallen the sun was sinking wrapped in glorious garments to its bed in the pines patty batch arrived in the dooryard of the shack wished but in no complaining way that she might have continued in the companionship of the men who had gone together to the saloons and were at least not alone but summoning a smile i got to be a little man occurred to her it was lonely at home the cabin was isolated and still and desolately vacant 
patty batch stared hopelessly around it was hard after all to remember to smile she sighed she wished a moment of agonizing dread that she were a man but compelling a brave smile i got to be a little man she remembered presently having gathered some clothing into a bundle and having possessed herself of a few simple keepsakes of her father's love she took the road for swamp's end she did not turn to look upon all that she had left behind she fancied little innocent one that she would come back again for a little not knowing at all that there was no returning upon the road her little feet now travelled i got to be a little man she went by pale peter's place she passed the roaring saloons and came by and by to the edge of town here she dawdled the path was sweet with grass and flowers she plucked an overflowing armful of blossoms she sat down by the wayside like a child and wove of these fragrant jewels a chaplet for her young brow she made a wreath for her shoulders she fashioned a pendant of white for her bosom she encircled her wrists the dusk fell warm and brooding i got to be a little man thought she she sighed a little she sang a little she cried a little then all at once she jumped up and she wiped her tears away with the sleeve of her dead mother's gown with resolute little rubs and composed her wan face and set her lips and brushed her little nose into a more presentable condition and smoothed her skirt she turned presently towards the grim bedraggled shameless red house her eyes shining innocently in rising expectation of delight and she went forward with kindling courage her head high like one going into the world in the shining hope of youth for the first time to taste of life she knocked my child john fairmeadow called from the twilight patty knocked again child she turned in doubt child fairmeadow besought her his voice rising in quick alarm wait a moment the door opened wait oh wait nobody appeared in the doorway there was no voice of invitation it was all dark within patty advanced a step she was restrained then by john fairmeadow's hand come he entreated she hesitated come with me he commanded i'm so pleased you come sir poor little patty back sobbed i was simply so lonely i couldn't stand it the door was softly closed upon the little thing's departure and patty's friend mag in the shadows within came as near to sighing thank god as she very well dared and when big john fairmeadow had stowed little patty batch away in gray billy batch's abandoned cabin at the edge of the woods and when he had sustained the little thing with promises of good will and companionship and when he had listened with a heart acquainted with pain and the need of pity to this small story of daughterly love and desolation and when he had learned anew the cruel power of death and the despair its ancient mystery unfailingly works in the world and when dear little patty batch had cried a little and had smiled a little in the dusk and had courageously dabbed at her wet gray eyes with the sleeve of her mother's black gown and had vowed with her little white teeth exposed to be a little man 
whatever happened and had wiped her little red nose and snuffled and ejaculated oh shoot it anyhow and when calling every ounce and inch of all the sweet bravery she possessed or could by any stretch of the imagination pretend that she possessed to aid her in this extremity she had cheered up in a way to win the astonished admiration of all mankind when all this had come to pass in the tender dusk at the edge of the woods and when john fairmeadow had promised to come back in the morning and when the downcast young fellow had come to the bottle river trail to swamp's end and had distracted his mind from the disconsolate state of patty bat to the grim business lying ahead in pale peter's bar-room at swamp's end john fairmeadow heard his name wanly called hey there hello fairmeadow responded what time do you get up what time do you i'm up at five good heavens fairmeadow ejaculated under his breath but he shouted like a man all right patty i'll be out to breakfast and then went his way to man's business in town determined to work a solution of patty batch's hard problem if he accomplished nothing else at swamp's end, end of chapter six